0: Three, two, one. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the True Leisure Podcast. Today, we are officially on episode seven of season two, and we're excited to get into this new topic that we have. So a lot of you might be, or all of you at least should be, familiar with something called a unit of measurement. Now, a unit of measurement can be things like grams, it can be something like pounds, Um It can be something more grotesque and kind of disturbing, like the kilogram used in countries that are not America. uh, And kilometers, I don't know what that's about. Um, But And for those of you guys that are in STEM majors like myself, uh, you might be familiar with units called the Joule or the Newton or even the Planck, for those of you that delve deeper into quantum physics but our topic for today is not just any regular unit of measurement more so we're going to be talking about things like obscure units of measurement now obscure units of measurement are basically units of measurement that are obscure if you didn't couldn't already tell from the uh title of obscure units of measurement now an example of an obscure unit of measurement would be something like a jiffy now, uh, I don't know if anybody who's non-American has ever heard of the name Jiffy. and But Jiffy is not just a, uh, its it's not just a weird word. It's a way to describe something, a small unit of time. So when somebody says that, you know, I'm going to be back in a Jiffy, that means that they're going to be back pretty quick from wherever they're going. Now, There are many different types of units of measurements for those, again, for those of you guys that do not live in America, there's also the measurement of the football field. Now, a lot of people measure things in football fields because that's just how, you know, that's how Americans like to visualize things. It's hard for us to visualize uh, generally units of measurement, but everybody knows what a football field is like. And this is not the soccer field or rather football in other countries, but rather soccer field in us in our country. So you might have heard things like, uh, "our the blood vessel system in our body when it's laid out, it's this many football fields length. So we're just going to be talking about things like that and units of measurement that don't sort of cohere to the uh, m- used units of measurement within society today. No, Alex, would you like to start us off?
1: Yeah, sure. So I thought it was interesting that a lot of these units have weird names that actually have like a really interesting origin. Like what you said, the Jiffy. That became its own, like, phrase, right? And a lot of the things that I think we use in the U.S. are intuitive measurement, like the football field. You can, you can like, visualize a football field, right? And that's how you tell. It's like a ballpark measurement, essentially, right? So I think there's a lot of those that would fall under like obscure units of measurement. Um did you guys want to talk about the just get the imperial and like metric system thing out of the way?
0: Imperial system is
1: only the Oh yeah, of course. Hashtag this the names on the empirical system units are so stupid. I d I don't know where like half of these could possibly come from, but just I just have them open like there's a twip there's a thou there's a thou. I don't I don't know how you spell this one. It's like a thou. Bar what's a barleycorn? That's a unit of length. There's a <laughs> there's the acre. You know, I don't really know what a what an acre looks like, except for it's used to describe like property, right? I just think of Squidward's house as like one acre. <laughs> so not not the, you know, not the most intuitive. I guess there's also like, you guys know the imperial system started in Britain, right? And they switched to the metric system. So, I think there's something to be said there. Like, the, there's a difference between fluid and dry ounces in terms of volume. <laughs> like,. I, I don't know. There's just names for things that are that overlap a lot. And it's really annoying. Like The one is sort this, of... There's like six, ish- seven different tons. Sorry, yeah. man.
0: The only issue I have with the imperial system, although I fully believe in imperial system supremacy, I think the entire world would benefit if every country switched to the imperial system. But the only issue I have is a foot. What exactly is a foot? Now we know it's 12 inches and because we know that because we have rulers that are 12 inches and we measure that as foot. But whose foot? Like did they take somebody's foot and just decide that that foot is now going to be a unit of measurement and they measured it and it was 12 inches? Whose foot is 12 inches long? That's a, that's a pretty big foot. I'm not going to lie. I mean obviously it wasn't a child's foot. I right? can't imagine any child's foot being 12 inches.
1: Right. But and I um... remember hearing some it was probably, like, a myth or something, but it sounded like they measured some king's foot, and it was just a really big foot. Hmm. I, d- 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 might not be correct, but that's, like, when I would ask as a kid, that was, like, the answer in school. Like, elementary school. I have input
2: to give. So, when I was a kid, right, I was... I remember like in first grade or second grade I would get rulers and just like put them to my body. Right. And I found that like a very, a pretty consistent like estimate for foots and inches for feet. um, You go from like your elbow to your wrist. That's typically about a foot and uh, for inches you get your thumb and you measure like the length of the top and that's typically an inch. Of course this will vary, but it's it's a good way to get estimates. And then if you know that your thumb's a little on the bigger side, you can like say, okay, that's like one and a half inches.
1: Like, right. It's, 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 it's interesting. Oh yeah. That, that's one thing I'll say for like the empirical system. I don't know if it's just, because we've used it more like in school and stuff like that but my like two fingers like this are like exactly like one inch. So I, I'd like I'd like go like on something to like find the length. So I, th- I thought that was uh, relevant to what you were talking about. So I guess my hands are
2: bigger than yours.
1: Yeah, probably. It's individual basis, I guess. Yeah. I um, guess one thing to mention is that the U.S. has actually formally said that they are adopting the metric system like at least twice. So the, there are... In federal organizations, you have to use... You have to at least use both if you're not using the metric system for stuff. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but on like soda cans or anything with like fluid or just anything that has its weight or anything like that on it, right? It in parentheses has the metric system conversion on the labeling. So it, it seems like we're on the trajectory to convert to the metric system fully, but it's just we have to push past the, I don't know, the, the entrenchment of the Imperial system.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you go to gyms, or any gym, you'll see that on the plates they have the weight in pounds, and they also have it in kilograms, so like a 25-pound uh plate is is like 11 and a half kilograms and it'll, it'll be on side
1: to side yeah, that's a good example uh i have a question for you
2: yeah go ahead
0: have you ever uh heard and this is um this is actually a unit of measurement for length but have you ever heard of the Git? get, get? like yeah it's a it's apparently an indian way of measuring things and my dad does it a lot it's like you take your thumb and then you measure it to the end of your pinky and that's like one gear It's like around nine inches usually average and i see my dad measuring it a lot whenever he measures like beds he'll like do this and then he'll measure like how many gets it is and that's like roughly around like If something's, like, three geeks, then it's, like, roughly around nine nine times three. That's 27 inches.
2: Yeah, my, um... I I didn't know that's what it was called, but my dad does the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, and then you also notice how, like... You also notice how instead of counting, like, um... One, two, three, four, five, they count... One, with two, the... three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen.
0: And that's yeah, that I... two days, of, that's two weeks. Yeah, I do that too. I used to count with my fingers, like one, two, three. But ever since I started like learning music, uh, in music, when it, the way you count uh, the beats of the tabla, which is a percussion, percussion instrument in Indian classical music, and in kirtan, for those of you guys that don't know, and there's like because there's different beat cycles there's like 8 9 10 11 12 all the way to 16 and you, each of your fingers has four of these like little spots there's the top there's this one there's this one and there's the bottom so there's four spaces so this spans 16 beats so the way you count beat cycles is that you go uh, you you count like this and ever since then, I've gotten into the habit of counting numbers with like this, and it's actually quite useful because you only have ten fingers, but you have sixteen
1: of these. Anyone's just listening to the audio? He's like counting his knuckles on the yeah, four like, fingers that aren't the thumb.
2: The the mm-hmm. inside knuckles, the the joint, yeah, folds yeah. in your finger yeah um i wanted to bring up something earlier there was this um project that nasa made blueprints for called i think it was it was a mars orbiter and they sent it over to be constructed in another country and millions of dollars go into construction of rockets right this isn't anything new but it turned out to be a complete failure because they forgot to convert from imperial to metric.
1: Oh, I heard about that. <laughs> was it um? Was it in anything? I thought it was just the trajectory where they like mess it up and it crashed into Mars, right? No, it was. It was like the construction
2: of the rocket. Okay. It wasn't just the trajectory.
1: Okay. You'd think that like maybe sometime during the process they'd notice.
2: Okay, I'm reading, and it, it wasn't in, it wasn't everything. It was it was uh explicitly acceleration data. So, right. like, um pounds
1: seconds wasn't converted to newton seconds oh, okay so i guess that that would have something to do with the trajectory right
2: yeah I, I suppose so well that's funny to think about like the parts when building it the parts like wouldn't fit i'm not saying yeah i'm not saying rockets are built like ikea furniture but i'm not saying like <laughs> it would be funny if the uh, rocket parts, like, just didn't fit because they weren't the right size. <laughs> Ethan, do you have anything else you'd like to say about the Imperial or Metric system?
3: I... Not so much about those two, because we all know that like the Imperial system just way better in every way. It's way more intuitive. You know how long your foot is. Um... But I ran into a problem the other day with just price conversions because uh, I'm trying to take a trip to Canada just uh, over my winter break and every like, website we look at it's like, wait, is this in like USD or is this in the Canadian dollar? And everything's just like, okay, now we have two new me- units of measurement that fluctuates all the time which makes it really hard to measure. Because uh, I remember a long time ago, they were almost the exact same in terms of value. But nowadays, uh, I think the U.S. dollar is like 1.8 times the amount of the Canadian.
1: For currencies, are things measured relative to, like, USD, or is there, like, an absolute measurement of currency or something? I figured the absolute measurement for...
2: I figured the absolute measurement of currency was in, um, gold and silver. And, I mean, even those fluctuate, right? But everything is... I suppose, like, those are, like, common things that will always be valuable. So those are, like, a standard, I guess, between currencies. And, um, the, 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 the value of like a certain currency is one of like, there's many factors that determine it's worth, but one of them is probably like just the economy. Um, how much of that currency is in circulation and, um, you know if it's like in a, if it's like a um, recession then they have less value because the recession rece- I'm not an economist but I'm sure recessions occur because of um, issues where like the cycle of giving people money doesn't like there's there's something that halts it, like for example with two thousand eight it was with um, housing, right? People couldn't pay rent. With the Great Depression, it was credit. People couldn't pay their credit on their credit cards. So that's that's what I guess what I'm trying to refer to. Like w- things like that would lower the value of money and well. That would make prices go up Mm -hmm. to match the value of whatever you're trying to buy.
1: Okay. Can you guys guess what a barn is? It's a unit.
0: I haven't the slightest
1: so you know it obviously it's 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 a measure of area and it sounds like it could be the. does barn, it have something
0: right? to do with a barn
1: <laughs> um that's i guess that's where the name comes from but the size of a barn is 10 to the negative 28 square meters
0: 10 to the what it's like
1: cross-sectional area of a uranium nucleus
0: <laughs> ten to the negative so one. That,
2: okay. So, so, that up, so that completely went in the opposite direction of what I thought it was going how large it was gonna be. <laughs> right.
1: This dude said a set unit of area. I thought me, it was
2: going like
0: acres or something, and this dude's like ten to the negative twenty <laughs> something. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, Isn't,
1: it's like described from the phrase.
2: It measures like, uranium,
1: right? It's the cross-sectional area of a uranium nucleus, like, on average, I think. Bro,
0: who cut a uranium nucleus in half?
1: Dude,
0: who cut that, that uranium? <laughs> <laughs> who cut <brought> that cross section? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, oh, I don't know enough about... Yeah.
1: On, like during like early neutron deflection experiments where it would say like you'd say something like hit a barn door i don't really remember enough about that to know why they would say that but that's why it's called that and there's also other units called the there's the micro barn and the barn, which are the outhouse and the shed respectively It's just like, just awesome naming.
0: Have you heard of the Hubble Barn?
1: No, what is that?
0: Okay, so apparently it's a unit of volume. It comes down to 13.1 liters, or 3.46 US gallons. It's a Hubble Barn.
1: I don't even know what the first part of that word is, like <laughs> Hubble, like Hubble telescope. Oh. Okay, is it? Is it named that for some reason? It's uh,
0: apparently it's it's like named after Hubble length because there's something called a Hubble's constant. Uh huh. And a Hubble length is basically uh what's it called? The radius of the visible universe, but which which okay. is odd because you know you have the Hubble length, which is the radius of the universe, and then you have a Hubble barn, which is like three gallons of water or anything. Yeah. Really. It's volume. Oh, I got I got a good one. Have you heard of the unit of power known as the pirate ninja? <laughs> What? The pirate No, that's made ninja. up. You made that up. No. no, 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 no. It's not the pirate ninja. What movie is that from? It's not James Bond. A pirate ninja is defined as 1 kilo, kilowatt-hour per Martian day.
1: Martian day.
3: Martian day. day. <laughs> So like basically the same as like an Earth day.
0: It is equivalent to approximately forty point five five watts. Andy Weir, author of The Martian, revealed in a two thousand and fifteen interview with Adam Savage that the Curiosity rover team at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory references Millie pirate ninjas in their meetings. No
3: way.
2: Milli pirate
0: ninjas. Yeah. <laughs>
2: i'm just imagining like a pirate and a ninja on my desk like they're little figurines and they're just duking it out and it's generating energy
0: there is a donkey power donkey power is one third of a
1: horsepower
3: okay that makes sense
1: oh you guys know how horsepower isn't one-to-one with a horse, right? What
3: is
1: it? It's like, the average horse is like 15 horsepower.
3: Huh. The so most, yeah. Where did they get one horsepower from? I don't <laughs> <That> know. Was... <laughs> oh, that was, uh... They measured 15 horses on average <laughs> at <What>? all?
1: <laughs> what? Yeah, they got like 15 famished horses.
0: Oh no. Okay, so there's a there's a there's a unit of measurement called a megafonzy, which is a fictional unit of measurement of an object's coolness invented by Professor Farnsworth in the Futurama episode, Bender Should Not Be Allowed on TV.
2: Oh I I remember that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Dude okay. Futurama was crazy. They did a lot of they did a lot of stuff. You know they had they had over fifty graduate students on their like, um, production team, and they had three PhDs as like writers for the show.
3: PhDs of life.
2: I don't know. Um, I'll have to look it up. But I just know that they were incredibly overqualified for a, like an adult and uh cartoon. But regardless, like, they did a lot of crazy stuff. Like one of I remember there was this one episode, right? Um, I'll try to recall as best as I can. What happened was, um, we're all familiar with like swapping brains, right? Like the concept of swapping brains with somebody, like uh, different brains, different bodies. Um, so in the episode, what was happening was everyone was swapping brains and they were trying to figure out like how to put everyone back to normal. But every time they tried to put someone back to normal, they, it didn't work out. So one of the Harlem Globetrotters came up, and they devised a mathematical formula, like a theorem, saying that if it would take for any number of uh, for any number of people whose brains need to be swapped, you need at most two uh, brains that have not been swapped, assuming that brains may not swap with the same host, the same two people twice. And they wrote the proof in the show, even though it was like a, like a, a, a just a frame shot of the whiteboard or the chalkboard. But regardless, they made this theorem and they published it for the show. Yeah, Futurama is insane. Like they're very, I would say Futurama is just better than Rick and Morty, more
0: smarter than Rick and Morty. You know, from the Mega Ponzi, I discovered another one. It's uh, the Helen. Like Helen of Troy. So one Helen is the amount of beauty required to launch a thousand ships. And a Milli Helen is the amount of beauty required to launch one ship. The biggest, uh, according to this chart that I found... The biggest unit of measurement that we have in court of Helens is a Terra Helen, which is 1 times 10 to the 12 Helen. And that is launch the equivalent of 1,000 trillion Greek warships and make serious inroads on the welfare of the galaxy. So there you have it. No
2: not spaceships, right? like boats.
0: I mean, it's just the equivalent of whatever ship is uh, currently in that time period. So I guess if a thousand years from now if or a hundred years from now, if SpaceX decides to launch battleships, then one Helen would be them launching would be the amount of beauty required for Elon Musk to launch a thousand of his SpaceX ships.
1: I'm- I'm hearing you right. You're saying beauty as, like... Is like, like physical attractiveness. Like...
0: No, physical attractiveness. Right. Okay. So, all these people
2: launching ships because they're trying to simp? <laughs>
0: oh, <God>. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have a feeling it was a bit more complicated than that. Just a sneaky <laughs> situation. <laughs> have you ever... Have you heard of the Richter scale?
2: Yeah, yeah, the Richter scale is, um... No,
0: for- no, no, not the, not the Richter scale. The Richter scale. Oh. So, you know how Richter scale is used to measure the, um... The, like uh, an earthquake's intensity, a Richter scale is used to measure media coverage of an earthquake. Or rather, it's actually like uh, apparently it's supposed to be. Uh... Yeah, yeah, for earthquakes. So a a one on a rictus scale means the earthquake was featured in small articles in local papers, and the highest scale is the Richter scale number five which is the earthquake was the cover of weekly weekly news magazines and network specials.
1: You can tell when it was like invented based on the title of magazines part of it. <laughs> Historical yeah. context. 1904
0: anyone? Oh, I got I gotta, Speaking uh, of like I got oh, one. Go more. ahead. Let's just finish, I got your, one, finish your list. I got one more. Well, two more. Two. I got two more, and then I'm done. So I have a. This is for time. There's a Scaramucci, and a Scaramucci refers to 11 days, and is named after the length of White House Communications Director Anthony Scaramucci's tenure under President Trump, which was 11 days.
2: They were really that petty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, just to rub it in their face. And the the other one I have is the Sagan, and it's a reference to Carl Sagan, and uh, basically just means a very large quantity of things, and. I'm done with. I remember
1: Carl Sagan. So, is it yeah, is saying I, I remember, there's a Sagan of things. Just saying, there's a lot of things. Okay.
2: I might start using that. de Carl Sagan was awesome. The chat. Uh, he was he was like the main inspiration for Neil deGrasse Tyson, and they both had this. Uh, both of those guys had this one um, like documentary series called Cosmos. I highly recommend watching it because I think I watched it in sixth grade and it definitely raised my IQ by 10 points.
1: No, I got to get on that now. Yeah. Um,
2: uh, well, something like along the lines of, of Sagan. I, I remember I was, after a while having watched Cosmos, I was huge into astronomy. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I could be an astrophysicist. <laughs> so I started looking up like all the these concepts for it, And obviously I found out that it's too much math for me, right? I'll just stick with computers. But there's this one unit of measurement called the astronomical unit. It measures to a if I'm correct, 93 trillion miles. And or 93 was it miles or kilometers? Um, it's one of those two. It's the distance from the Earth to the Sun. So the distance, from, so Earth to the Sun is like one astronomical unit, and then all other, all the other, uh, planets are, ser- like measured in an astronomical unit in that sense, and it's just like a better, cleaner way, I suppose, to measure distance on the cosmological scale before having to go into light years
1: so, on, on that note I have, a, I have a couple cosmological related units right like can you guys guess what a crab is It's another one of those. Is it based on a
3: constellation?
1: Um. That's pretty close. Is a nebula a constellation?
2: Oh, never mind.
1: Ooh, nebulas. I I like nebulas. A, A crab? One crab is the intensity of x-rays emitted from the crab nebula at some given photon energy i don't know what it is it's like i, th- I think this is 24 picowatts per meter squared but it's um apparently it's used for the calibration of x-ray telescopes so sometimes they use like the millicrab. crab, or I think I think M crab is a much better way to say that one. McCrab. beautiful. <laughs> there's a there's a couple more like, um. There's the faux. Like <laughs> I almost said Willem Dafoe, but. It's, uh, a foe is used to measure the energy produced by a supernova, right? It stands for something like 51 ergs. An erg? I have, I have no idea what an erg is, but it must be used more than a foe, right? A, a, I think an erg is, like, 10 to the negative 7 joules. Oh, can you guys hear that? That's, that's nice. Can you guys no hear worries. that blunder?
3: Oh, it's a blunder? Yeah. Uh, what's that measured in?
1: <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Alright, Ethan, you can go I'm, ahead while that blunder yeah. happens.
3: Okay, okay. I was going to
2: say, like, well, before you go, I was just going to say, like, you were starting to dive into the territory of alien language there, Alex.
1: Erg just sounds like not a human word. Oh, yeah. It's, like, some fake alien language they use in sport or something.
3: <laughs> okay, uh, before I go, yeah. Alex, how do you spell pho?
1: Just F-O-E, like, opposite of ally. Oh,
3: thank, okay, thank god, because uh, I thought it was, like, P-H-O, like pho, because after working oh. at a Vietnamese restaurant oh, for, like, god five enough. months, I hear I hear it, like, mispronounced. Like, at least half the time people order It's rough. It's living next to a college is very nice. Speaking of, the shot is my favorite unit of measurement as someone who can't drink alcohol. So the good thing about shots is that there's not a single, like, shot measurement. But we got, like, the small shot and we got, like, the alcoholic shot, which is just a pint glass. So, it's really up to your interpretation.
1: That's a, that's a pretty big shot, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So just anywhere in between is okay. It's a shot.
3: More or less. Like, technically, you could probably... Uh... Okay, when you buy it from a shop, they're usually centralized. Like, it's always the same. But I guess at home, you can call, like, an entire barrel a shot. I mean, it's your house.
2: Just an oh. entire keg.
3: Yeah, basically. <laughs> you want a shot? A big shot, eh? Uh, <laughs> we also got the cow's grass. Guess what that is.
1: It, it's probably for measuring agricultural land.
3: Okay, but how much is a cow's grass?
1: Oh, no idea.
0: It's the area of, like, grass that a cow, like, covers when they stand on a grass.
3: (laughs) Not a bad guess, but uh, it's actually the amount of grass land needed to support a cow. That makes sense. Hey, that was pretty close, though. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good.
2: (laughs) Do you know how much, like... Do you know the proportion from Mm -hmm. between the length, like the size of a cow and the size of a cow's grass? Uh,
3: I don't think it's by proportion. Let me look into it more.
2: Just just how much is like, how much is a cow's grass, um, like in acres or hectares or whatever?
3: I. I think it's 200... What the... Give me a little bit. I'll get back to you on that.
2: Okay. I wanted to take this opportunity to talk about a unit of measurement that I have a love-hate relationship with. The Scoville. For those of you that don't know, I have a very low spice tolerance. And... Um, I wanted to figure out like how many scovels I can handle before it's uncomfortable. Like, I'm okay. I'm as far as spice goes. This is, is going to be a tangent for sure. As far as spice goes, I'm sure there's like a threshold for which you legitimately don't feel anything, and then there's a threshold for where you do feel something, but it's like a good feeling, and then there's a threshold of. Ooh, hot hot hot, I can't have anymore. And I think the threshold for not feeling anything for me is way lower than most people. Either that or everyone lies to me when they say, Oh, I don't feel a thing. <laughs> and they're actually in below the other threshold where they do feel something, but it's not painful. So um I think the, like, absolute most that I can go on the Silv- Scoville scale is, like, before feel- not feeling anything, or before starting to feel something, I mean, is the bell pepper. From that point onwards, like, black pep- black peppercorns, red chili peppers, basically everything that's below, like, a jalapeno. It hurts like it it stings a lot, and then once we get like up past serrano peppers, it's like I
3: I'm
2: just not gonna enjoy eating it. <laughs> what about you guys? What are, what do you think? What would you estimate as your thresholds on the Scoville scale? Oh, I almost forgot. Bell peppers have zero Scovilles.
1: Um, I was pretty murked by, like,
0: Korean fire noodles, if you guys have ever had them.
1: I know what they look like. Is it just, it's just chili, like, powder on noodles, right?
0: Yeah. My sort of main gripe with them was that it was just heat, but it wasn't the good kind of heat. It was, like, the sting-your-tongue kind of heat it wasn't like make my mouth burn with fire it's like it was like stab my my tongue with b- millions of needles kind of heat so that's what i didn't like i like the mouth burning kind of heat i don't like the stinging needles on the tongue kind of heat i
1: guess in terms of my tolerance it's probably i have no idea how to say that these but it's it's the ones that they put on like your togo sandwich the weird lime green ones pepper cheese use serrano
3: use?
1: i thought it's with like an f but it might be those where that's like I, I could eat one of those and like not hate my life you know
3: i
2: think but it's probably anything cheese. past that yeah, like yeah but what is the pepperoncini from? It's called the friarelli pepper.
1: Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought it was. Okay. Okay.
3: Also, uh, uh, I looked into the cow's grass. It's one point eight acres, so it's like actually kind of reasonable. It's
2: so used... it's less than a hectare. Yeah. Which is two and a half acres. Okay.
3: Yeah. Also, okay. on, the, on the spice thing, like, it's kind of hard to use Scovels just because everyone's tolerance is different. Like, it's, it's very awkward to, like, know what your level is. It's just more practical to measure it in terms of food. But uh, I know there's one guy who frequents my work. He comes, he orders very rudely and does not tip, and then... <laughs> He, he puts, asks for extra jalapenos and then sweats enough that he needs, like, extra napkins to wipe up his sweat. Like, um, <laughs> like he'll, he'll take, like, ten napkins, no he'll ask for more, and he'll just, like, have an entire pile in the bowl when he's done. It's, like, <laughs> gee, you have some competition. That's all I gotta say.
2: I mean, at least he's going out of his way to torture himself. Me, I just prefer not to. Uh, jal- jalapenos have, like, they have a weird like, vibe about them. Like, there's, like, an astringent like, surface on, like, a thing on, like, the inside surface of the jalapenos, and I don't know. It's just... It tastes icky. That's the best way I can describe it. Like, I think I'm... I'm not referring to fresh jalapenos. I'm referring to, like, pickled jalapenos, which were, which are noticeably less spicier. But they it's like chewing leather except the leather is making your mouth go on fire
1: yeah i definitely agree with that just the the texture of a pure pepper is not very good it's, it's like weirdly crunchy and like wet right and I, I definitely agree with that leathery feel. It's it's so smooth on the outside, right? And then it's just like... It doesn't taste good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you, I, I was, I was going to mention some stuff about the... Do you guys know how a Scoville is measured?
2: Um, I think it, it's like... It's to how long it would take to completely dilute capsaicin with water, right?
1: Um, that's, that's like, really close. Cool. It's, it's, like, apparently it's done by test tasters. Or taste testers, excuse me. It's, um... So it's the degree of dilution in sugar water of a specific chili pepper extract... When a panel of five tasters can no longer detect its heat. So, like, the more dilute it has to be, the higher skillful level it is. And pure capsaicin, right? It's like 16 million. And theoretically, you, you can't go higher than that, right? But um, I thought it was cool that there's... There's another scale for pepper heat called the ASTA pungency unit where this this is more like what I thought it would be originally where they use liquid chromatography to measure the concentrations of compounds that produce a heat sensation. So th- this seems more objective, right? Because if they don't cycle out the taste testers then they might get like numb to it, right? From what I understand about heat tolerance, right? So it's something like a Scoville unit is a 15th of a pungency unit when it's specifically measuring capsaicin, but a pungency unit includes other things that I don't know the name of, but produce the the burning sensation. That's...
2: Yeah, I I agree with you. That's that sounds way cooler than taste testers, right? Um, and like you always notice how certain peppers like always they have like a range that's way too big. Like I just looked up serrano peppers; they have from five thousand to fifteen thousand. Right, it's and like, insane. that's definitely like it's not helpful. Um, and then also there's the lab made peppers, right? Like the carolina reaper um that like you know they 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 augment it to just be more spicy than it's allowed to be so it's more accurate i suppose because that one like the the range is insanely like higher as a right uh like the low and the high are just too far apart to know what it actually is like
1: I think it's interesting to think about how capsaicin is like a what what's the word? It's it's the thing that drives off pests. Mhm. That there's a word, I'm stupid. It's it's like you you put it on your crops to get away get rid of the bugs.
0: Pesticide?
1: Yeah, that. <laughs> Like that would I think Capsaicin will like kill small animals, right? Like bugs. Mm-hmm. But to us it's just cool and that's that's that shows up a lot, right?
2: Yeah. It's the same with like psilocybin.
1: Right. It's right. also like, like a
2: defense mechanism. And <laughs> for humans it's like it's a recreational
1: activity. Yeah, exactly. Like um, a lot of recreational drugs like marijuana tea right yeah. are any of them like not plant derived like well is, what, what is plant derived is isn't is morphine plant derived and all that stuff like like heroin and like cocaine aren't those all plant derived don't know enough
2: about this subject to answer. Right.
1: Anyone else? That's fair. Open-ended question. It seems like they probably are, right? Or they're from some precursor that's from a plant. Like, I know cocaine was used
2: in, like, Coca-Cola because to get cola, they got it from a plant.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Whenever I think of opiates, I think of gunpowder. Why? I don't know. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, there was one story that I wanted to touch back on before we end our discussion on spice. So like Alex said, pepperoncinis from Tocos, the, the peppers that start with the F they're amazing. They're like, they fall into the category of peppers that aren't spicy. They're more so insanely, um, sour or insanely bitter. And, um, I think the lowest pepper that I've had that actually fell into the category of not being bitter or sour, but like pure spicy, we all went out to In-N-Out and Ethan told me to try some banana peppers and I was like, I don't know if I want to do that, dude. I really don't know. Because we were outside, we were just waiting for our uh, burgers to finish. And he's like, come on, just try the banana pepper. So I just chopped the whole thing. He's like, wait, you didn't do it right. <laughs> and the burn that I got actually just screwed up my entire meal. Because all I could taste was a sting. I remember spitting it out. And the pigeons that were nearby didn't even want it. Banana peppers are...
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Banana peppers are brutal, dude.
3: They're very strong. They're very strong.
2: How are you supposed to do it? You You said you had to, like... You had to, like, bite into the end and drain it
3: or something? Yes. More or less. Well... Yeah, you're supposed to, like... You're supposed to suck up the inside... Get the juice out, and then you can bite it out. Because, like, what you were doing, it was just a kind of an overload of, like, flavor, you know what I mean?
2: If By flavor, you mean fire, then yeah.
3: Yes, yes, more or less, yes. There, that was your flaw, your fallacy.
2: <laughs> what can I say except peer pressured?
3: Peer pressured incorrectly. <laughs> It's like, it's like when
2: you tell, it's like when you, uh, organize a trust fall, instead of falling back into their hands, you fall forward.
3: <laughs> or like if someone offers you like a blunt and then you just eat the whole thing.
1: <laughs> I've got a couple that I think are still interesting if, if we want to keep going. Yeah, go for it. I think we're done with
2: spice for now
1: okay so you guys know what the micro mort is it's um uh, it's used for measuring the probability of death <laughs> for like an I think it's either for a population or for like an individual right so, it, it's used to measure things like your risk of death given what you've experienced in your life. So something like if you smoke cigarettes or if you drive in a car then your micromorphs go up, right? Just because the, the probability of you dying is higher.
0: But I mean... Hold on. What's what is it like? Probability, all oh, like by? Because I'm pretty sure the probability of death for every single person is 100. Like, like what is it? That's that's a good. Like, point. is it prob- Is it like probability by like a certain age or?
2: Um, I think it's more like at a certain in that specific time.
1: Yeah, I think so. That's. It, it seems that's like interesting. It would be like. A- just in the present but that that's a that's interesting that's a good point um
2: yeah i think like it, it immediately what struck out to me is that mort um like that that's like a that's a root from latin which from which right. means death like mortal um morbid like
1: just that entire just, yeah just mort, yeah it's um it's like One micromort is a one in a million chance that you will die. And smoking a 1.4 cigarette increases your death risk by one micromort. And traveling 230 miles by car does the same thing, like one micromort. So I, I guess it's it's very theoretical, right? Like, it's not like if you drive 230 million miles, right, then you're, like, guaranteed to die or whatever, right? It's like, that's like the gambler's fallacy of your life, right? Like, <laughs> it's just, um, I, I thought it was interesting that it's just, like, it lets you gauge how risky activities are
2: imagining like Mm -hmm. like skydiving or zip lining imagining like a, 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 a a like a pamphlet or a brochure saying uh bonsai diving will increase your micro mords by two or something like that right
1: it'd be cool if like in the future when we're more like technologically advanced there's just like a meter that you can like see in your hud screen that like shows mm-hmm. your risk of death in any given situation and like you'll do something like zip lining, and it'll just like spike up for like the entire duration of you doing that thing that sounds like a good game idea, not gonna lie. <laughs> I
2: might I might code up a prototype.
1: Okay. You're free to steal that one. There's there's one that's I... similar. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, you go for, I uh, I'll just say mine at the end before we uh, okay. finish off.
1: I guess I, I have two more that I think would be worth talking about so that there's one that's similar to the Micromort, which is used to measure the infrequency of events. It's called it's the unit is struck by lightning. And supposedly, uh, so there's about 300 million people in the U.S. And 300 people are struck by lightning annually, and 30 of them are killed, right? So that makes a lightning strike 1 in a million and a death of 1 in 10 million. And uh, that that's like based on the the mean life being around 75 years, right? So the the chance that you'll be struck by lightning in your lifetime is like 1 in 13,000, which seems like that seems kind of high, right? Like Compared to what you just said about morts, yeah. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I think the name is cool. Just... <laughs> you <laughs> so know people that get something... struck by
2: lightning have insanely cool st- scars?
1: Do they get, like, a scar, like, down their whole like body like a tree or is it something else? Yeah
2: exactly like down the spine it's like a fractal formation. It's so
1: like cool to look at but
2: you. it's not something to go out
3: and do.
0: <laughs> Pretty painful I'd imagine. Yeah I mean if <laughs> It's over I mean,
1: if, if, right Yeah.
0: <laughs> Watch Zeus open yeah, up a tattoo flash. shop <laughs> 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 it's it's uh, Zeus's tattoos where he just zaps you with lightning and gives you like a tree tattoo down your body.
2: I think right. that's considered branding.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I guess the the pain would come from like the burning afterwards, right? Yeah, exactly.
3: I mean you'd probably be knocked out, no?
1: Yeah. yeah. It's it's like a c- cent- central
2: shock through your nervous system.
1: That's cool though. It, it just it like I, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just I'm just thinking like to make it down your spine it must activate like everything. Yeah.
3: Probably.
1: <laughs> Sensory overload. Right.
3: For for like a, a millisecond. Compared to like sitting in the tattoo shop for like how many hours? Come on.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> last one that I think is worth talking about. There's oh damn it. There's two more. Just just go this, for it. This one's this one's shorter. So do you guys know how a minute means a sixtieth of an hour, right? Like obviously. But yeah the word minute comes from um I think it's a minute division or division of an hour. So A minute is a minute division of an hour, and then a second is the second minute division of an hour. And by that logic, there are thirds and fourths. So there's one sixtieth of a second is a third, and one sixtieth of a third is a fourth. And I guess you could go like farther and farther. But apparently, they're used for denoting angles in astronomy. That's. I guess the, the only use I could, like, find for something like that.
0: You know what's kind of interesting, though?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In Punjabi, there's no unit of measurement for a minute and a second. Or at least not that I know of. There's one for an mm-hmm. hour. There's I mean, it depends. I mean, so a day is uh, din. A week is hafta. Year is sal. And month is minna. And one hour is ek but one minute people just say mint, it's just like a Punjabiized version of the word minute. I've never actually heard a, like a unit you know, for a minute in Punjabi, you know. I was there's, talking like a, to my mom there's like about... pal, there's like pal, which I guess is could be translated to a second, but that more like means one moment, it's not exactly like. One second.
2: I was talking to my mom before this episode about... Um, just just I was telling her, oh yeah, we're going to be talking about obscure units of measurement. And she told us about how in India there was um, units called the blink and the breath. And how... 15 blinks constituted something, and then that constitutes something else. I forgot the exact words, but, like, there was a unit of measurement for seconds and minutes, it's just, they were, like, just not used. Instead, it was more practical to say use stuff like breaths and blinks.
0: Yeah, I mean, the idea of, like, uh, when we talk about, I mean, there's probably, like, something, because, I mean most of things like when it comes to mathematics comes from like the vedas so i'm sure there's like there's there is words for it that come from like sanskrit and stuff um but uh it's just like i'm talking like nowadays it, it, it's more mainstream and i i was just saying it's like it's kind of interesting how there's nothing for there's what's mainstream is that the punjabi word for hour is mainstream but the English word for minute is more mainstream.
2: There's one more thing I wanted to say about thirds and fourths. I remember that there are, there are clocks that exists that have a third hand and, or wait, hold on.
0: you mean the second hand?
2: No, no, no. So there's the hour hand and the minute hand, right? And then the there are clocks hand. that exist to have the second hand and the third hands as well okay like for seconds and thirds i'm not All talking right. about the second hand for minutes i'm not about the second hand for second third hand for seconds and the
3: fourth hand for <laughs> thirds
0: Wait, wait, hold on. do you mean on, because generally a clock has two hands one for hour one for minute Some clocks also have a third hand, which is actually for second, but it's not the second hand, it's the third hand. So are you talking about the third hand, which is for the second, or are you talking about another hand, which would be considered the fourth hand, but it's actually for the thirds, and the third hand is for the second? Uh, That's exactly
2: the last one. Is what you just said. That's what I just said. Yeah, so that's the (laughs) one.
1: Okay. Uh, Alex, you said you had one more to share. One more. I couldn't time it right because he was – he was making a lot of noise and we, we were talking about something else. But you guys you guys definitely know the dog year, right? Yeah, it's seven years. Human years? Right. So it's it's like used to approximate the age of dogs and humans. Or it's it's the equivalent age of dogs for humans, in theory. But it's like a it's based on a myth that dogs age seven times faster than humans and that just like isn't true breed by breed right so under under the assumption it's like seven years for one human year right that would mean a a year for a dog is like 52 days which is like a little bit less than two months right and it's actually just that, like, I thought it was interesting that different breeds age pretty differently, right? Like, dogs develop into adulthood faster than humans do, right? Like, they reach sexual maturity at like one year old, right? And humans have to take, they have to be at least like 13 or 14, right? Like, on average and because of that on average the dog has a longer adulthood than a a human being does relatively and there are some dogs like that mature through adolescence faster like um the one that's the closest to scale with like adolescence to adulthood in humans is something like a giant like one of the larger dogs like a mastiff or like a like a big like bulldog right so they'll have like a longer growing period like we do but i just thought it was interesting that um Breeds like the larger dogs grow, or that they, they age like nine times faster. If you're saying like average seventy five years, when like they live like fourteen or thirteen, right? I guess that the big dogs only live like ten years, right?
2: Around that, like I just I just assumed twelve years for average for every dog.
1: Right. But yeah, that I think it's I just thought it was interesting that it's it's a, like on a braid by braid basis and that there's more nuance to it.
2: I have I have something interesting and I'm actually like ashamed that I didn't bring this up sooner. Uh, it is a unit so it's not a unit of measurement, but it's more of like a counting thing. So, in in English, right, you have zero point five, which is a half. Right in Punjabi, we have half too. It's called Adda. But we also have one point five and two point five. So one point five is dade, and I forget what two point five is. Like, oh, gosh, do you remember what it was? What it is? Right. Dai, so, um, if you want to say, like, 2,500, you'd say, or, yeah, if you want, if you want to say, is it 2,500 or 250, you say diesel. um, and if you want to say, like, one and a half hours, 90 minutes, you say Deid Genta, or something, like, it's just, it's not something I thought about until, like, um... I just sat down and asked myself (laughs) and I'm like surprised that really go for it.
0: Yeah, we have, uh, what's half of a half quarter, Quarter. right? A quarter is Sava. So if you want to say, so if you want to say an hour and one quarter, you would say Sava Kingta. And then there's also 45 minutes, which is three fourths, and that's pona. So if you want to say, so if you want to say 45 minutes or three fourths of an hour, or three fourths of anything, you would say pona. Pona okay. And then the other one is, uh, yeah. And there's also another one. There's this one's less known. It's called Peher. and Peher is actually peher is in three hour increments. So Within a day, there's four be- four of day, so the twelve hours of day, so three four hour increments of the day, then three four hour increments of the night to total twenty four hours. So total eight behers of the day. Dude,
2: the the one fourths and three fourths,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I've heard those too. I've heard my dad use those too, and yeah. I my mind just didn't process that that those are also so. So what is it? It's, so there's there's boney, there's abda, the Pona, abda, sava, sava, and yeah. then dai, yeah. Like dai, it it's just crazy. Like it's it's so much faster than saying like three quarters or two and a half. You know, and, and then, I, I just, it, it's in... so useful.
0: And interestingly enough, that doesn't carry over to more. Like uh, higher than two point five, that doesn't carry over. So two point five is tight. Yeah. Three is thin. But then three thirty is not like dead then. It's it's So yeah,
2: after
0: some you just say half. Yeah. Yeah, so the halves, they don't they only apply for one and twos, they don't apply for three, four and fives or everything else. Uh, if everybody's, if we're going to like, uh, I guess we can finish up soon. Uh, I just have like two things to share before we end. But before that, if any of you guys have anything last minute to talk about.
3: I'm good. All right.
0: So, off. this is, uh, these are actually two units of measurements that I created for my book, uh, The Gatekeepers, which has been in production for around two, two years now. Well... If if you want to count the actual amount of writing, it's only been like four or five months because that's the only, in about two years, that's only like consistent writing that I've done is about like four or five months, but I recently started writing it again. And the first unit of measurement is the czar. and the czar is the solar system that they live in. So the way it's like set up is like there's a sun, and then there's three habited planets that orbit the sun like that. In like one line one after the other. And the way it sort of works is like one cer- the circumference from one planet around the sun uh, around its orbit pattern back is one czar. So if you were to take that length and like like put it like in like a straight line, that's the czar. And the other unit of measurement that I made was called a bop. And a bop is basically a unit of time. And it is the amount of time it takes for a person to teleport from one planet to the other one.
2: That's an insanely cool premise, the of like the idea of three planets sharing an orbit and never colliding.
0: Yeah. All right. Is that it? So,
2: yeah, I don't have any more. I don't think any of us do either.
0: All right. So I guess we can end off on that note. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in, those of you that have. And uh, I can say I'm speaking for myself, and I think I'm speaking for all of my colleagues in – Partners in crime in this podcast when I say that this was in a very riveting conversation. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, that being said, this is very enjoyable. I really talked about. I really enjoyed talking about this. This is a very lighthearted, fun episode. And uh, hopefully, uh, next week or the next week after that, we'll be back with another episode. And stay tuned. Follow us on at True Leisure Podcast. On Instagram, at True Leisure, on Twitter. Follow for more updates. We will be posting clips on YouTube and on social media. And uh, yeah, that's it. Peace.